What's up, everybody? It's Jalen Shoots. I'm the host of Sit Down with Swaggy Shoots. Today, I have a all-team first conference player again, uh, my best friend, my brother, a leader in the SAC organization at DBU, Mr. Cam Khan. How does it feel to be here? Man, it feels great to be here, bro. Thank you for being here. It means a lot. So, yeah, we basically just going to – y'all are going to get to understand Cam and get to understand us. So this is like an interview with a conversation as well. So this just isn't going to be like a little strict little con- uh, interview. This is going to be a combo. So um, first thing I want to talk about is we all know each other, mm-hmm. and we talk a lot. So you had a lot of D1 offers, and you chose DBU. Do you ever regret that? Um, no, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I truly don't. It's because um, being here at DBU, it's just like it's a blessing. As it is, I mean, the D1 label is it's smooth and all, but, like, being somewhere where you're loved and cared for for four years and we're still going to care for you years after that and years after that, that's that's the big goal of college basketball. So, yeah, I love it here. And you and Coach Flick and Coach Glennie, y'all just have amazing chemistry on and off the court. How does that feel to have coaches that just care for you more than just a player as um, a human being? Really, it, it's uh, it's kind of just one of those things. It's like a family, like mm-hmm. family away from home. And those guys, they care for me. They they bust my chops. They do everything to get me right. And so it, it's just one of those things that those are like a backbone. Like when my granny's not here, those are people I can count on. So um, those guys are very influential in my life. And um, just like either older siblings or older uncles that I can just count on and talk to. Yeah. It makes me happy to see coaches that actually care for their players more than just a player but as a family aspect too because that's just something that you don't see that much and speaking about you had a really good basketball season you did your thing you know I used to get on you your free throw percentage could have been better Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it was one game I forgot who was playing but I remember the exact play you did a pump fake from the three point line you got somebody jumping drew a foul and the coach was like, he shoots 29%. <laughs> and, like, he yelled your percentage out. Now, me personally, uh, I wouldn't take that. So, in your head, what were you thinking when you heard him? Because you, you smiled and you laughed at it. Um, It was it was very hilarious just to hear it because um, he was getting on to somebody else. But at the same time, it gave me that motivation. Like, dang, like, to be an off-conference guy, you got to be able to shoot the ball, do whatever. So, it kind of just helped me get back in the gym find that foundation of what I used to do. And so I, I got back shooting the ball better close to the end. But it was funny because, like, yeah, I was shooting 29% then, but, like, at the same time, like, they know I could shoot the ball. So yeah. Like, that's why it's kind of really funny then. But the coach is a really good guy. Like, I don't know him personally, but, like, from the interactions that we had, he sounds like a really good guy. That was, like, one of the funniest moments <laughs> that has happened. <laughs> as me as a reporter and I get to see right there, I'm like, man, he really just said that. And he was heated. He was heated, <laughs> man. But um, you dealt with a lot of stuff off the court, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that can mess up your mental. Yeah. And one thing to you is that mental health is important. So what are some ways, like, how has mental health been for you? And, like, once you got it, like, how does that affect your game? Um, um, it has affected my game a couple times, but I wouldn't say this year. I've seen my freshman year, like, um, mentally, I kind of played a big part in my freshman year, but, like, um, 
it affected in a way that like I couldn't control it with myself, but I, I figured it out in a way that um figured out a way that like it's kind of simple. Like you don't bring your your personal problems to work, and basketball is my field of work. So like whatever is going on, it can wait until after the game. And some of those things that like I learned how to get past and to learn how to get over. But uh, it it plays a huge role. But when you have coaches and you have organizations that work with us like we have a a good sack representative that you can talk to mm-hmm. and they'll do all that and coaches that you can talk to about all your problems open door it kind of gives you that foundation that like it's okay to be it's okay to be upset but in the moment to help yourself and help your team you got to let it go so that's kind of where I went with it yeah mm-hmm. we're going to take a step from basketball yeah going here at DBU it's not that many black students yeah. Here at DBU. We were a part of a friend group freshman year where we have different races. Mm-hmm. We had one, one of our closest friends was white. Yeah. We had black folks. We had Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So how is it at DBU like like man, like I'm black and go to DBU? Like do you ever feel like you have a target on your back? Um my freshman, yeah, I did, totally. I totally did because um I was new here. I didn't really see similar faces, similar people that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, not the same as the same, but people that I knew that talked the same as me, um, dressed the same as me, had the same goals. And so, like, it was just very, like, out of the ordinary. So, I, like, I felt like I was targeted. And that's also during the same time when COVID was ramping up, the Black Lives movement was still going on. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand why I felt that way, but I did because – Reason why I also didn't feel that feel why I didn't understand it because I I grew up with a white family mm-hmm. and so when I got here I just felt like I didn't feel home like I, I felt I felt distant because like people were staying to themselves black people were staying to themselves white people were staying to themselves and I didn't want to be the mediator mm-hmm. so I stayed to myself right but as of now from my sophomore year on uh, DBU has treated me well and care and I haven't really thought about that but I I've fallen into the void of trying to be diverse and have different color friends. So, yeah. I definitely get that. You said you came from a white home. Tell us, like, was it difficult growing up in a white home? Um, yeah. It truly was. Um, you smudging on that candy. <laughs> <laughs> that candy good. Facts. <laughs> Facts. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it was a total difference. Bro, this thing is good. He's <laughs> smacking on that. See, I get my guests right. See, you come down with sit down with swaggy suits. We're going to get you right. We get you some water, whatever. You want some candy? You name it. We're going to get you right. So everybody that's listening, if you want to come sit down with swaggy suits, come on with it. We're going to get you right. <laughs> but um, it was a total difference because coming from where I'm from, there's not a lot of structure. Mm-hmm. And um, moving in with the Hornburgers, uh, there was a lot of structure. And um, there was a lot of discipline and a lot of rules you had to follow so that was a total culture shock to me because like yeah i got a whooping every now and then but like at a young age that's 13 14 15 getting your phone taken that's like that's serious that's serious that's, that's like you serious. turn into a crackhead you want to give something up <laughs> yeah that's and serious so, like, right there that was that was the the thing like i need to get my grades right i need to get my my stuff right to get mm-hmm. my phone back mm-hmm. and so throughout that process it was like all right like what can I do not to get in trouble? And during those times, I would catch myself, like, 
and lies, bad grades, and I had my phone taken. And that was, honestly, that was a lot. Like, being grounded was a lot. Like, being on punishment with my granny was like one day, but being grounded for a week felt like an eternity. Like, oh. and I just under, and I didn't understand that, but like, I was like, okay. But it kind of shaped me to where I am now, and kind of, but it was, it was rough. Like, I used to call my granny crying, like, granny, why? Why? <laughs> She's like, you need to listen. You yeah. listen. And my granny wasn't, was not easy on me during the process because she knew that Miss LaWanna had a lot going on for me. And, and for me to be able to sit there and do that and get away from my family when I'm a big family oriented person was, was big. Mm-hmm. See, the worst punishment I had when a kid, I'm not going to get into what I got into, but I got into <laughs> something at school. My mama took my phone, took my game, took everything. She didn't even let me read a book. Mm-hmm. Most punishments, they force you to read. Yeah. She took my books. <laughs> oh my. Dang, bro, what you want me to see? She said, look at the wall and don't get done looking until like until I tell you to. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, dang. And she said, and I'm going to have to pray about it if I'm going to give you some food. Dang. Dang. And from that moment on, I ain't get in trouble no more. And, and the thing is, I ain't get in trouble no got, more. You got to take your game. She did it the worst way. She took your controller. So you're good, but again, so the game can be looking at you. She took my game, bro. She took my game, my phone, no books, no nothing. She took she took my phone, my game, my game controller, and the Roku remote. See, that's just easy. <laughs> That's just evil. That's just evil. Like you, you just got a PlayStation just staring you in your eyes. No remote. You can turn it on. You can't play it. Can't play it. You can't play it. So it's like you can sneak and do whatever you want. It ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. Yeah, parents, y'all. See, I learned my lesson. I ain't getting trouble no more. Some of y'all out there, y'all bad. Y'all still do what y'all want. Too bad. I can't do it. I can't do it at all. But um. Now we're going to go back to basketball. Like I told y'all, me and Cam, we brothers. We best friends. People be asking me if you're the leader of the team. I'm like, do I look like I'm Cam? I'm 5'7". He's 6'4". Go ask him. So for everybody, do you? what is your answer to that? Are you the leader of the team? Um, Vocal leader, yes, I am. But uh, everybody leads in a different way. So I wouldn't just call myself just a leader. I would be a stand-up guy. Because of the way I lead and way I show my passion about basketball, but no, um, we go by overall leader of the team. I will go Ricky. He um, he leads by example, and uh, that's that was that's my leader. But as far as like vocal leader and emotions, yeah, I go with that. But Ricky's overall leader of the team. Okay, okay. Now today I got the chance to go to my old high school. Mm-hmm. and talk to the students. And that's one of my goals. I told y'all in the first episode, one of my goals is to motivate the youth. So that really stood out to me. I got to talk to some students, talk to them about me being a sports reporter and being a college student. And I know that the team, that y'all go to youth world, and y'all went to Spain and got to talk to younger kids there too. So how good does it make you feel to talk to the youth and try to get them down the right path? Um, it- it's a blessing, man, because uh, growing up, I didn't have a lot of people that like, would come to the school and talk about the goals and what happened and all that. Mm-hmm. I just had people that say, oh, this person was really good, or this person was really that. But, like, 
being able to to be the living proof that those kids can still see that you're doing that is overall blessing. Like I love going back home and um, playing pickup with the kids back at school and telling them my story with college is just helping them understand that college isn't an easy route. Mm-hmm. And um, being in Spain and you were seeing those smiles on those kids' faces was like was big. Like signing signatures is like big to a lot of guys because you feel like NBA players, but like that smile every morning, those kids wanted to see it, wanted to play around with us and just wanted to hear what we had to share to them. Even if they didn't understand what we were saying, they were just blessed to be in our presence. And I think that was the overall goal for me is because you never see that on a day-to-day basis. Like it's, it was very welcoming seeing the, us going over there and they welcome us in. And typical today, people that's going to schools, everybody has their own opinions of like, oh, what does he, look what he has on, look what he has. Those kids didn't care if you wore just socks and a t-shirt and an ugly hat. Those kids loved you. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that was the overall goal. And if it, we didn't make an impact through playing basketball, just our impact of just sharing the daily gospel to those kids was the best. Right. That's, that's what I had to take from my uh, adventure today. Mm-hmm. It meant a lot. Seeing that, I'm not going to say kids because they're not kids from my perspective. Students, like me talking to them, telling them my story, telling them my like my life as a reporter and stuff, and like they be engaged. Mm-hmm. That's what made me really excited because my whole time prepping for this speech, I'm like, what am I going to say to grab their attention? That was the part I was thinking about the most. The speech part, all that, that's that's easy. Yeah. The hardest part about being a speaker is grabbing their attention. So grabbing I'm like, attention. I gotta think of a mean hook. Mm-hmm. I gotta think of a mean hook, and that's what I did. And like, they just looked up. I'm like, yeah, I got y'all now. Yeah. Got y'all right where I want you. Mm-hmm. And then just got, start talking to them, and I met a couple of students um, after my speech, and just talking to them. And if you guys listening to this, shout out y'all, and they just. They made me feel really good. Yeah. Not just about, you know, what I'm doing, but like my other goal of getting and motivating the youth. Mm-hmm. Motivating the youth because one of them called me Mr. Suits. And I was like, hey, <laughs> is my dad here? <laughs> like, I said, bro, I'm three years older than you, man. <laughs> I just, he was like, you know, I was just raised that way. And I'm like, I get that because yeah. just being respectful and stuff, I was like, just call me Jalen, bro. Because I'm three years older. Than you, right? uh, that's what happened today. I was at Chick-fil-A, and um, just so used to saying yes, ma'am. And there was a girl who grabbed my friend. She was like, oh, what do you want? And I was like, just give me a sun joy. And I was, she was like, I was like, she was like, here you go. I said, thank you. And she was like, it's fine. I was like, yes, ma'am. And she was like, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, how do you? I said, I'm 20. She said, I'm 21. Don't yes, ma'am. Me. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. See, it'd be like that, though. It's just, it's just the way you was raised. Like, being raised in a respectful manner is, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Mm-hmm. And if you see somebody that you think is older than you, it's just, <laughs> it's just instant. instant. It's like. Or that or in a place of business. You just say, yeah. Yes, ma'am, anyway. Just say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Like, they call me Mr. Shoots. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Make me feel a little special, you know. But, yeah, like, the youth, though, I just want everybody to know, if you're watching this and you're in high school or you're in middle school or something like, keep going, man. I know life is hard for y'all because y'all are in a new generation where things, y'all get persuaded to do the things that you guys shouldn't do. But just know that there's always a way to go down the right path and have a good life. 
and have money and have the girl and have the cars and have the boy, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. It's always a way. As you can see us, we here at Dallas Baptist doing our thing, you know. Like this wasn't like just given to us. We had to earn it. If you just earn stuff in life, you'll be straight up. You'll be good. You'll be good. Um, has there ever been on time on the court where you just lost your cool? Like you just want to spur off on somebody? Um in high school, yeah. High school? Yeah. There was uh, See that's all I never seen you like that before. Yeah, in high school. Yeah. Mm, he must have said something for real. Yeah, it got me. Uh, <laughs> it was it was we we're playing in the Waterburger tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, all my Waterburger fans, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> get you that sweet and spicy bacon burger, and don't get no drink. Get a strawberry milkshake, and then get some water at home because that, that milkshake <laughs> gonna get you. Thank me later. Yeah, thank me later. Now go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're in the Waterburger tournament, and uh, I went for a loose ball, and made a dude bump with it. I mean, a lot of people may know this dude. He's he's big time. Everybody knows him. Like, if you don't know him, then you're not watching college basketball. But Eddie Lampkin, he plays for TCU at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got in my face. He grabbed my jersey. And, like, we were just going at it, chirping. And I was like, I was close. But then I was like, no. Because at that game, every know he's a big time kid. There's a lot of scouts there. So. A lot of scouts. And But, like, in that moment, I wanted to so bad. He grabbed my jersey, ripped. And then I think the next play, um, he got down there and I took a charge. This is when he was a lot heavier, but he slimmed down and like nice killing mm-hmm. um, the Big Twelve right now. And um, I'm talking about my legs were numb, and Boom. I, I I thought I was done. I did. <laughs> my legs were numb. I thought I was done. But that level of respect that I gave for him that day was different because like in the midst of it all, like. We're just having we're playing basketball and mm-hmm. in the heated moments you prosper and we won, but like that was a heated basketball game because those are two top teams in the state of Texas that were going at it. And he's a big time kid. Like everybody knows him. If you don't know him, then get to know him because he's a good kid. But as far as that, that's the only time that it ever got close to getting that way. See now back in my day. We got we gotta go down a long way. <laughs> you gotta go back yeah, to the Hey, your boy is old. So we gotta go back in time right here. It was playing this team called Pascal in Fort Worth. I went to know Crowley. I don't know what dude's name is because he wasn't all that. And I wasn't all that either. <laughs> we were both OJV. And he was just talking smack. And I'm like, you know what? It's basketball. I'm going to talk with you. And then he just had some illegal contact that I just was not sliding with. Mm-hmm. And I bumped him. Uh-oh. I, I bumped him. He bumped me back. We started subbing each other. I'm like, all right, man. All right, man. Now, it's game on now. Uh-huh. I'll start like I'm Pat Bev now. Like now I'm finna just make you mad. Cause I know I'm not finna get that much PT. So when I do get in the game, <laughs> I'm gonna make you mad. I'm gonna make you turn the ball over. I'm gonna draw a charge on you. I'm gonna do something. And I had a mouthpiece in my mouth because I had braces. So I really couldn't talk. So I'm like, you sure? <laughs> so I really couldn't talk because I had the mouthpiece in my mouth. But he know what the deal is. So if you <laughs> If you're watching this, I hope you're doing good, bro. But back then, yeah, you had me messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I hit, I hit three threes that game too. I hit three threes that game, and coach took me right on out. I'm like, bro, I'm on fire. I got my hot taken. You gonna take me out? I drew a charge. I three threes. You gonna take me out? And I'm like, man. 
Hey, those are the times, but yeah, that's the only time that ever I ever got that close to one in the scrub. But uh, I talked mess on the court, and uh, so then I kind of realized that if I'm able to dish it, I got to receive it. So yep. in that instance, I realized that. But then, yeah, we just gonna get at it. Yeah, we gonna go over to the NFL. This is gonna be a heated topic between us two because our two favorite teams are NFC rivals. Man, they suck, bro. Yeah, I know Philadelphia sucks. No, the Cowboys <laughs> suck. <laughs> His team, the Eagles, my team is the Cowboys. Now, we didn't make it to the Super Bowl. We did. Y'all did. We did. And y'all lost. Okay, what that mean to me? <laughs> so, <laughs> how does that feel um, to have that L? Um, it sucks. It does. But I'd rather be there than not be there. Hey, hey. Cowboys <laughs> fans, y'all know what to do. <laughs> Zeke gotta go. Zeke gotta go or put him in that fullback. But, uh. I, I feel I feel like um, it was a great game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did what he did, and he had to rep- represent his state really well. But as far as that, I think we got another shot to go back. But as long as you guys got Zeke and Zach and Zach and Zeke <laughs> back there, <laughs> y'all won't be going nowhere. See, now look. I saw the NFL script. Uh, oh, okay. Already. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen? The Eagles, they're going to look real good, right? Uh-huh. An injury going to happen. Oh, my God. Injury going to happen, right? <laughs> you already saw it? Yeah, I saw it. All right. Boom. Season going to Samuels, right? That going to come back, and he ain't going to throw that many interceptions, right? <laughs> so everybody going to be like, oh, my God, that, that, that. And then he going to choke in the playoffs. Uh, it man. always happens. Like, the NFL know what they doing. It's I, like, I saw it's ratings. I saw the script. Oh, really? Yeah. Your script must not be as good as my script. No, my script is pretty good. Okay, let's hear it. Um, it's the same script every year. Y'all not going to go nowhere. Maybe you think for, so? I bet you we go farther than y'all. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you we go farther than y'all. No, sir. We can make a bet on it right we now. We can. Who y'all going to bring in for Dak? I'm going to tell y'all exactly <laughs> who we're going to bring in. All right, y'all ready? We either going to get, we're going to get OBJ, mm. and we're going to get we gonna get Stephon Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, hey, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I, I hear you, but who's gonna throw them the ball? Oh, Dak is. Uh, when? Just, a, just as long as <laughs> if he throw it. Look, all my Cowboy fans, y'all know that same look. I'm gonna tell y'all. <laughs> Every time Dak throw a ball, and you know it's gonna get picked. When they zoom in on his mouth, it be wide open. And that ball hit me shine. It be wide open. And then this is my thing about it. Every time he throw a pick. He look at the jumbotron like he confused. You threw it. <laughs> like, you threw it. But that go throw that ball. Watch. Watch what I tell you. Mm. Watch what I tell you. He gonna get in the lab or something? He gonna get a who? He gonna get in the lab or something on Monday? Oh yeah, he got to. Uh, he got no other choice. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down there <laughs> and talk to him. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him and that ain't gonna be a pretty talk. Oh, that ain't gonna be a pretty talk. That ain't gonna be that's gonna be a hey. No. Come on, man. Like you spent so, all this money. Come on, dog. So what we doing? First round or? Oh no, nah, we gonna make it. We gonna make it to the division. No, we going to the we going to the division. Listen, not as losing as the rest of the Cowboy fans. We going, we going. No, it depends on what they do in this draft. Cowboys gonna win it this year. I have, I'm not that fan to say that. <laughs> I'm not a fan to say that. I, I'm realistic with myself. I'm realistic. That ain't happening. That ain't gonna look. The Cowboys ain't gonna make it to the Super Bowl as long as I'm alive. Oh Lord. That that's what I think. <laughs> because it's the same script over. They don't care. They care about ratings. They care about money. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's us. the problem. Like they we don't we do care the about stimulus. winning. We care about winning. I, I can't even. I can't even disagree because mm-hmm. they they do. They gave Jalen Hurts weapons, which he needed, and AJ Brown and stuff. But if they don't give that man that money, they gonna go downhill. Mm-hmm. They gonna go downhill. We're we gonna get that money. We'll get that money. Y'all gonna lose some. Y'all gonna lose some defensive players. We'll lose some. Oh. Y'all gonna lose some in this free agency, but we will. But we're gonna bring in some some guys. It's gonna be close. It's gonna it's gonna be nice. But we're gonna have a better record than y'all. Mm, I hope so. We got a better record. I hope so. Yeah, we're gonna transfer them back to DBU. Come on back to Mountain Creek Parkway. Um, being here at DBU, how has it affected you spiritually? Um. That's kind of like a hit or miss thing. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, my freshman year, I stopped going to church because, like, it was kind of just throw it in my face. Like, well, I got to go to New Testament. I got to go to Old Testament. I got to go to chapel. There's just scriptures everywhere. And so I was like, well, what's the point? And then sophomore year, I, I started watching church, and then now I watch church all the time. Um, but my freshman year, I did stop going because it was like, it was like, it's just throwing it in my face. I was telling people, man, I get church every day because it's for tomorrow Sunday. But like, that's not the meaning of it. Like, my spiritual walk is is how long I the time that I spend with him alone and the times that I I'm with him and like understanding and planning and talking to him and helping him. Well, I put it in a way for him to understand me and me understand him. And so it has helped a lot. It has helped me grow spiritually a lot because it's just one of those things that's like it's to get right. And, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people, and, like, being at DBU, for a lot of people, it's, like, that that camp, that campfire stuff. Like, you just come back and you're high on on energy and you mm-hmm. got to realize that, like, it's not like that. But being here at DBU is kind of just one of those things that's, like, it kind of helps you. And we do the team discipleship, and I go back home and I read on it and I'm, like, trying to understand it in a way I can understand it. And just having those friends that you can talk to about what's going on and, like, Trying to talk through, through scripture has been really big. You said something about friends, and I'm going to hit about that. Because I was talking to the students about this today. And we actually had a conversation about this yesterday. I'm at the point in my life where I'm just constant grind. Constant grind. Yeah. I used to be that text you every once in a while, once a week. Hey, how you doing? Like, what's yeah. up with you? Like, I'm just checking on you. I hope you're doing well. I ain't doing that no more. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. And it's more, it's not even a personal thing. It's a thing that I'm looking out for myself. And I hope you're doing things that's good, but I'm going to care for you from a distance. Right, right, right. Like, I'm not wishing you no bad problems, but I'm like, I'm not going to be reaching out as much as I can to check on you. I just hope you're doing good from a distance, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um. How do you feel about friends? Like, what do your friend circle look like? Um. Well, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of my friend circle, and then um, it goes with Sabian, Bull, um, Isaiah, Reese, Sam, Jalen. Throw them in there. Um, Ricky, those are Jalen White. Those are kind of just like some of my closest friends, and um, Haley, she's in there too. Have our bad disagreements, but like that's one of my friends. She's been there through a lot, and um, I am kind of on the verge right that I've kind of found peace in being alone and like um, 
kind of found that that gray area where I could be alone and also still be around people. But as far as like checking up on people and being there, it's kind of just hard because like some people let you down, and at the time people let you down, and you just kind of get to that point of just like, all right, like you focus on me, and uh, but that that is like my friend group here. But like my friend group back home, my homeboy Dede, my homeboy Chop, um, Iverson, Patrick, Jeremiah, Houston, all of them, X, um, BTC, but like not even just those are my, my friends, those are my cousins. And so like growing up with them and just being around them has just been a blessing. But I try to keep it small with like those guys and I'm trying to bring in many new people. Like I don't have an issue with bringing in new people and becoming friends, but like those are people that I, I spent majority of my time consistently talking to and um but uh, like you said like i've kind of just grown out of that phase of like always checking up because i'm gonna let you do you i'm I'm still here mm-hmm. if you need me I'm whenever here. you need me yeah I'm here but as far as me going out of my way to check up on you nah, i probably won't be doing that because at the same time you got your own schedule i got my own schedule and i'm tired of being the first person to check up when yeah when i'm when i'm in need of everybody nobody comes to me mm-hmm. nobody's there for you so as far as checking up I kind of stay in my own lane and just stay to myself and kind of be myself because you find out a lot of who you are when you're alone and try to figure out a lot of things. So that's really just what it be. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. This man named his whole friend. So if you, if you heard your name, you mean something because he listed everybody. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to get just an ending action to finish up this podcast. You like the Celtics. Yes, sir. I do. I think y'all going to lose to the Bucks in the playoffs. All right, Landon. How you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't like the Bucks, and then also my homeboy Landon. I can't forget about him, but he's a big Bucks fan. So we go at it about the Celtics and the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are killing right now; they're on a tear. But also, you gotta understand when the Celtics are fully healthy and playing their best basketball, they're very, very hard to beat. Um, we lost a tough one last night. Big yes, one. that was a good yes, game. y'all did, and we and we watched it live. Yeah, it was a we good game. We watched it live. We watched it live. It was a good game, but as far as of like um, the Bucks is gonna be a, it's probably gonna be a seven game series. It's gonna go down to the wire. Um, Giannis is a freak of nature. Um, everybody's probably not gonna agree with what I'm saying. Uh oh, but in the NBA right now, Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. Okay. I can agree with that. A lot of people won't agree. I can agree with that. They love LeBron. Listen here. All my LeBron fans, let it go. He ain't the best no more. (laughs) He's skilled. He's skilled, and it's LeBron. But if we're talking about right now, that's not him. Giannis is the best player right now in the NBA. Because, like, if you don't understand, the statistics-wise, if you go look at a Giannis bad game, it's probably – he still dropped 30. It's probably 21 and 15. If you look at a Giannis good game, it's 40 and 20. Like, it's not like a mm-hmm. – that's not a typical bad game for people. Right. And you got to understand, and that man does it on a consistency basis, like to the point that a lot of sports analysts are are saying his game is boring because he's consistently doing it. Mm-hmm. And when you're consistently doing a lot of things like that, you, you're not going to do it wrong. If it's broke, not, don't fix it. But hey, man. as far as – the Celtics and the Bucks. It's gonna go down to the wire. Mm-hmm. You gotta forget who's who. Are one of the best scores in 
two and one of the best schools in the NBA right now. We have both of them in one of the best schools in the NBA. And just we have a lot of role players that know how to do the role right. So uh, it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, I agree. Um, I got the Bucks coming out the East. I don't know who's going to come out the West. I got to be going between the Suns and the Nuggets. I got it between the Suns and the Nuggets because I was telling this on my podcast last episode. It's not going to take that long for the Suns to adjust with KD. Yeah. They won three straight with him. It's KD. KD is one of the players. He's just smart. He knows how to play the game. He doesn't need – he's not going to struggle to adjust to a team because he knows his role. Right. He doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He can play off the ball. He can shoot. He can defend. It's just gonna, it's just gonna work. Yeah. It's just my thing is, and after watching the game against my little man, poor man. The game, my Mavericks, man. It's just like they just had like Booker gonna drop your thirty six. I think he dropped thirty six. KD dropped thirty two, whatever. And then the Mavericks was like double teaming them, so like somebody had to make a shot. In the game against the Mavericks, nobody was making that shot to the fourth quarter. I forgot what his name is, but number 12 for the Suns, he came off the bench and he was going crazy. He started, he hit like four or five threes. Mm. He was going crazy. So they just, somebody else going to have to make shots mm-hmm. because teams are going to double team KD and Book. And Chris Paul will have to step up too. Yeah. Chris Paul, that's, that's going to be the key factor. It's gonna be Chris Paul. You go, Chris Paul. You can. He's like that veteran on the team. He can still run the floor, but he's gonna have to score some too because they're gonna leave him open. They're gonna leave teams are gonna. Well, I'm not gonna say leave him open because I don't know why the Mavericks did, but he will get left open not intentionally. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, already y'all, we gonna end this podcast. Thank you, Cam, for Most coming definitely. on. This has been another episode of Sit Down with Swaggy Suits. And we out. Peace.